welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, every positive review, and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels, wherever you're listening in the world, so please do get in touch. And with that said, on with today's show. Hello everyone and welcome into today's Irish NFL show episode. You will be listening to this on the Sunday of week two of the NFL season and I am delighted to have a good friend of the show back today uh, to, uh, as we usher I suppose in week two and you know all of the madness of week one and now, now we're here, it is the rules analyst from Fox Sports but he wears so many different hats. Dean Blandino, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Um, I'm always excited to come back and, and get on this show and, and talk a little NFL football. Well, it, whenever I suppose we, we have the opportunity to talk to you, it generally means either we're at the start of a new season or we're coming up uh, to, to the playoffs. So it's always a good thing. But you have been busy since uh, you were last on because you were uh, involved once again. Uh, you went back to work with the XFL. What was that like, Dean? Such a great experience. And, you know, obviously the season got cut short in 2020 with with COVID. And to bring the XFL back with with new leadership and great people involved and from from Danny Garcia to to Dwayne Johnson and 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 the people at Redbird and folks that I had worked with at the NFL for a long time, Russ Brandon, Doug Whaley, Mark Ross, and others. It was such a great experience uh, to be able to to get through the whole season and give fans a a kind of a peek behind the curtain, so to say, and 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 let them listen in and hear what was happening with our replay decisions and what the officials are talking about and. And it was just a, I enjoyed it so, so much. And it was a great, great experience. And for fans on this little island, Dean, it is especially important because Daniel Whelan, uh, who was with the Saints last summer, didn't work out for him, went the, uh, the XFL, had a fantastic campaign, obviously. And he made his debut for the Green Bay Packers. So... Uh, it's the first Irishman in the league in nearly 40 years. But like, is that, I suppose, the, him and others, like, is this a, a new conveyor belt into the NFL? Absolutely. That, that it's, we call it the league of opportunity. And spring football is just that opportunity for, for players that, whether they have been in training camp and didn't make the team or, or have never been on an NFL roster, for a chance for them to, to, to get, more snaps and to allow the NFL to get a look and and like Daniel Whelan and 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 now we have the you know international players and others from all over the world who get an opportunity to play. Look, they're they're not if they're not on the NFL roster, if they're not on a practice squad, they're not going to get those opportunities. And now you have spring football and uh, and you can get those opportunities. And obviously it worked out for Daniel. He's in the NFL in Green Bay in week one and, and we had that game and it was just so cool. To see someone like that, you know, fulfill that dream, like you said, the first Irishman in, in the NFL in, in 40 years. And there were so many other dreams that were fulfilled from players that played in the XFL and 
in the USFL and played in the spring. It was awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really fantastic, and and long may it continue. Now, I suppose one of the things I was thinking about, obviously, when when we have you on, is, is obviously in relation to rules and stuff. But we're in a you know a new Premier League season. Uh, we're just coming off the the back of the the Women's World Cup. There is still four years on. There's still this debate about VAR in in soccer, right? And because soccer obviously didn't take to uh, instant replay as, as quickly as as American football did. But I I'm wondering, Dean, from your perspective, does replay does it increase our already unrealistic expectations on officials and referees because everyone else gets to make a mistake. Tom Brady, right? The most decorated NFL player of all time. Didn't always, it wasn't always perfect. He he made mistakes. You know, um, coaches, Don Shula made mistakes. And as soon as a referee makes a mistake, certainly in the Premier League, they get pulled like immediately. Josh Allen had a horrible game on Monday night. Josh Allen's going to take the field, but it's, it, once a referee makes mistakes, like oh, we got to yank these guys from the spotlight, is it? Is, are we are we being even more unfair than we already were? But, well, yeah, there's no question. I think there's there's standards, and like you said, the 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 players sometimes make mistakes, coaches make mistakes, officials make mistakes, but we tend to highlight the officials' mistakes. And we want some accountability. We talk about, you know, we got to hold the officials accountable. Well, officials, I can't think of another profession, I really can't, that are evaluated rig- as rigorous as as officials are, right? From Not not just from the public, from, from watching the game and the microscope they're under, but then by their own peers, by leadership, officiating leadership, they're evaluated and they are held accountable. And I do think we hold them to an unreasonable standard. And I think it's to replay for the most part is a positive, but it does create, there's a disconnect between an official making a call at full speed from their perspective and us getting to evaluate that decision from six different angles and super slow motion. And I think that's where that disconnect lies, where we sit there and we see it six times and we say, well, how could that official miss that when they get one look at it at full speed from just their, their angle? I think that's where replay sometimes does create that unrealistic standard. It helps more than that than it hurts. But I do think American football was perfect for instant replay because American football has the natural stops, right? It has the the breaks after each play, and so its fans are used to those stoppages. Where you talk you talk about soccer and you talk about it's more free flowing. And so it doesn't lend itself to to a lot of interruptions. And I think that's been probably one of the bigger hurdles as we think about bar and we think about Insta Replay and in, in, in sock. I, I mean, I think um, it, it it does help, right? And that it, essentially we all want the game to be as fair as possible. But ultimately, you know, two people can look at the same situation and rule it differently for whether that is you know, a roughing the passer call, whether that that is a penalty kick in soccer. It, 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 there is the, these margins there. And I, I, I suppose that leads on to one of the talking points. And I, I know um, that you, uh, I saw that, that you had a, a video out there and, and a piece and you uh, obviously around the Chiefs and the O-line. And I, I suppose, am I, from my perspective, right, just as a, a fan who watches the sport, 
I can understand referees missing a decision because, as I said, it happens so quick. And even when you're watching a video replay, you might just take a different angle on it than, you know, somebody else. But when something happens repeatedly, is that an area that we should be really looking to, to clean up maybe more so than others? No, no question. And, and like you said, I think sometimes we don't, we don't, I mean, on the surface, we, we don't want to accept that, that officials make mistakes, but I think we'll, we can live with, Hey, full speed. Oh my gosh, that happened so fast. The players are moving fast. The officials are trying to get in position that sometimes they're going to, they're not going to get a great look or for whatever reason, we're going to miss a call from time to time. But I think when you see something like that Thursday night, last week, where, where, you know, you've got a tackle not aligning on the line of scrimmage. And this is something where this is not something new. You know, the officials, the mechanics are you warn the player, the coach is, 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 is told that the player's been warned. And then you flag after that and it, and it corrects itself at that point. So this felt like something that could have been easily corrected and just wasn't. And I think that's where, you know, officiating leadership will, will put out, they put a training tape out this week to all of their officials. And part of that training tape was showing examples of tackles who were off the line and, and, and re-emphasizing the fact that we have to warn and then flag when they're not on the line of scrimmage. So I don't think we'll see the, the examples this week, upcoming week two, that we did in week one. And that's, and that's obviously you don't want officials to repeat those mistakes. You want to correct them and, uh, and make sure that, that we're learning. You know, we take it as a learning opportunity and we get better. And obviously, when you have a situation like that that gets kind of so much coverage in a primetime game and, and then it becomes the talking point and there's so many talking heads, including podcasts now and nowadays, I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, as you say, the, 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 lead, or the, re, the referees have all received the tape this week. In, in your experience, do coaches, are, are they going to highlight to their tackles like, hey, there's going to be increased scrutiny on this this week. You guys need to ensure that everything is by the book. No doubt. No doubt. That's why they share that information with the clubs. That's why that communication is so important. If the officials are going to emphasize something, it's important that the coaches understand that. Because in a perfect world, Right. There, there, there are no fouls. Right. The, the players can correct and they can and they can abide by, you know, what the standard is. And and but there's an onus on the officials to provide a clear guideline and to provide a bar of where, OK, where is the line and to consistently officiate that line throughout the game. And, and that's where in that game, you know, the Chiefs Lions game. If you don't call it for the first three quarters, you can't then start calling it in the fourth quarter because you've you've established where where the bar is, and I think that's where early on um, this week I think we'll see we'll certainly see more warnings. I think we will see more flags, and the coaches are aware of that, and they know they don't want they don't want a, a seventy yard touchdown pass taken back on a on a five yard illegal formation penalty. So they're going to make sure that their their players are aware of it. In terms of setting a precedent, I already know we're going to hear from Eagles fans in relation to to that. Um, can I ask, a, a slight, it's maybe a slight tangent, but I know whenever you've been on with us and whenever I've seen you interviewed, like player safety is kind of paramount for you. It's one of the key things you look for and that you advocate for is the way in which we can change it. The, ter- the situation around turf and Obviously, with the Aaron Rodgers situation, we have seen players come out again this week. We saw it last season when when players went down. 
players have, have kind of said it time and time again. We know that if stadiums, to go back to our soccer discussion, we know if they want to host World Cup matches, you're going to have to go to grass. Are are we ever going to be in, in that situation? Like, or, or what's your perspective, I think, a wider question around the, the turf situation from an officiating viewpoint, Dean? Sure. I think and officials, we you know, officials get injured as well, and they're running around on the turf. Um, and and I think, look, there. I think there's competing interests. Player safety is the the top priority, and the NFL does consider that when they look at their you know their guiding principles, pillars, values, core values, whatever you want to say. Player safety, health and safety of the of the players is so is so important, and paramount. But but then you have you know the cost of putting in a grass field and maintaining that. Right. That that's a factor. And I don't think that that factor should outweigh the health and safety of our players. Some injuries are are a result of of playing on turf. It's happened. Some are just it just would have happened on turf. It would have happened on the grass. I think if you ask players, if you ask officials, they'd prefer to play on 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 natural grass. It's it's more forgiving. It's it's less wear and tear. Like you said, the World Cup is going to be in North America. Um, in in 2026, and those stadiums that want to host games are going to have to put in that grass. And then you look at it as an NFL player, you say, okay, I play in this stadium, and I play eight home games, and you're going to put in grass for a tournament that comes around once. You know, if they play it every four years, but it's not in this stadium. Maybe it's every 30 years, and you're going to put that grass field in for that. So so I get it from that perspective. Um, and I, And I think, again, I think health and safety should win at the end of the day. And we should figure out a way to have the, the safest playing surfaces. Sometimes injuries, they're just going to happen. It happens in all sport. But I think if we can have the safest, you know, and and, and mitigate or, or at least reduce the opportunity for the certain types of injuries with natural grass, I think we should. Yeah, and ho- hopefully that will prove to, to be the case. I mean, I, I think I can't even imagine, like, uh, to go back. Like, it, there used to be what were referred to as plastic pitches in England. Um, back in the the 80s, and they got rid of it because of injuries and because of the the, the way the ball we, used to we call it. And, we call it astroturf in in America. So yeah, and it was like playing on playing on concrete with just a little slight green, almost like a little carpet. So it was not not very fun to fall on. No, and certainly made life even more difficult for for goalkeepers, but. Um, before I, I, I let you go, one of the other things you did during the, the off season, because, you know, you are now synonymous with officiating, was you uh, were one of the officials at the uh, the Beer Olympics with uh, Boston with the boys. What, what was that like? I'd like to, you know, I think if we can work it out, because I feel like the Beer Olympics, if we could go international and maybe that's, that's what, yeah, it would, I feel like it would be a big hit in Ireland. I've. I've never been to Ireland. I've been to England. I've been to Scotland. It is on my bucket list. And if we could do an international, I'll talk to, I'll talk to those guys and see if we can figure it out. But it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was definitely, um, it was eye opening because when you have these players like George Kittle and David Bakhtiari and 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 others, um, DeForest Buckner, who are such competitors on the football field. And then you think, okay, this is fun. This is, and they're just as competitive in the beer Olympics. And it was, you know, when we're arguing about certain rules in, 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 in games involving chugging beer, 
it was uh it was a lot of fun and uh and you know and i know that made the rounds up so I, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I saw it and I was like, I mean, we're calling it Beer Olympics. Okay, it's a, it's a bit of fun, but surely you've got to invite the Irish and the Germans. And, you know, international, absolutely. This is, I, I don't think that, that that drinking beer and beer is, is, is exclusive to America. So I think we can, we can work that. Uh, well, I definitely and George George was here. He was here uh, la- last uh, last summer for um, actually in summer twenty twenty two for a wedding. And uh, definitely, I, I would say uh, he would certainly be open. But I think yeah, Will and and Taylor, if you guys are listening, let make it international. I, I guarantee, uh, you know, it like Field of Dreams. If you host it, they they will oh. come. Absolutely. We'll, we'll work on that. That's going to be my goal for, for 2024. Uh, Dean, you are uh, always so generous with your time. You make the game, I think, so much more accessible to, to people. Um, and we love having you on our screens. And just want to thank you for taking the time to chat to me today. Always welcome and always ready to come back, whether it's playoffs or if there's a controversial call, let's 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 talk about it. So always ready to come back and always enjoy it. Thanks, Steve.